Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. Today on episode number 126, we're going to talk about otherness in the superhero, which I'm very excited about because if you know anything about me, you know that I am a huge superhero nerd to the point where I even like science fiction superheroes, which I would consider the Star Wars saga to include such characters. Uh, So listen, in today's episode, we are going to talk about what otherness is, why it matters to the reader, and how superhero stories use this technique to gain fans. Okay, so let's rewind. This weekend, I, or last weekend, I had a writing meeting with my lovely writer friends in person, uh, and we met out in a public place. It was pretty mind-blowingly awesome and encouraging. Uh, So what happened, though, was one of our writer friends kept saying that they're not like everyone else, and that's why they can't find any readers. And I thought, what? Everyone feels like that, and that's why you should be able to find readers And so I was like thinking about the idea of otherness and superheroes because one of my favorite podcasters that I listen to and I read their books were saying, they always say this, like they preface this as if it's no big deal and it like breaks my heart every time, but they're always like, yeah, superhero stories, you know, I don't like them. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't like them? And I always want to have like a sit down conversation with them and explain why superhero stories are awesome and they're not cliche uh, or pointless like a lot of people think. But before we get to that uh, explanation of why superheroes use otherness, it's probably pretty important for us to talk about what otherness is and what it means. So let's rewind even further, not just a few days ago, but uh, yeah, Um, almost two decades ago, because that's how old I am. I'm getting up there, you know? So As I was studying comparative world literature, I had this one class that was called uh, Feminism and Post-Colonialism Literature. And I remember my professor, Dr. Baum, he, I was doing this thing where I didn't want to watch rated R movies. And so he had to find like extra assignments for me. But the whole point of the class was that you are going to learn about otherness. And we did that by learning uh, through feminism stories and post-colonialism stories. And we also read some nonfiction papers as well, um, studying these two topics. And the idea of otherness comes from there being us and them, right? Like right now, all the people who are listening to this and watching this are thinking they're part of the us that means they're writers, right? They're storytellers. We're storytellers. And everyone else, them, are people who don't like stories as much as we do. Uh, So 
in the class, we were talking about us versus them. And like I said, for we writers, we're like, we're in this club of people who write and people who don't write, they don't really understand us, do they? Like, my husband uh, tries his best to understand, but he's not a full-time writer. So when I'm having, like, my nervous breakdown after the fifth critical review, he's like, just don't read the reviews, which is probably good advice. And I'm probably going to start listening to that. But he's not in the same club with all of those of us who write full-time because he still makes money painting. So he doesn't need to worry about if his writing is making money or not. Or in his case, his comedy, because he writes comedy. Um, so the point of the class was to understand how feminism was shaped in order to address the otherness that women felt. And we still we still feel that way. I think as far as myself, I feel that way. I see that a lot of other women, uh, especially women writers, are having that same sort of feeling of being in a separate club and also post-colonialism, where someone else has come in, they've taken over the place where you live, and they've made all these rules and laws about what you can and can't do. And so the whole reason I brought up that class was because it introduced something to me as a white person uh, that I there is this feeling that exists in the world of otherness and you can feel other for a lot of different reasons. One of them can be your gender. One of them can be your personality. One of them could be if you struggle with anxiety or if you've been through trauma. And so I was thinking about my writer friend and he was, you know, saying that no one's like him. And I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe no one else is exactly like you, but just feeling that no one is like you also means that you're like other people because a lot of other people feel that way. And so I wanted to talk about how otherness and superhero go together. So, okay. I've been reading for the last hour about theories and superheroes and from writers, psychologists, all these things. And one of the things that is really a popular idea is that hero stories are about rising above and being better. And while I do agree that that's part of the human condition, the part that I don't necessarily agree with is that in that there's a specialness that everyone wants to feel. And I do think everyone wants to feel special, okay? I personally believe that every person is special. And I can argue about that with you all day long. Uh, but the thing that I find interesting about superhero stories personally is not that they're more special than everyone else. Yes, they have abilities, probably, or in Batman's case, he has a crap ton of money. Um, so he can make his abilities happen, basically. But I don't think that that is why superhero stories resonate so much with other people and why they're so marketable and relatable. But I did read one article by a psychologist, and he mentioned that um, he believes that they're really relatable because he talked to people at comic conventions which you know I've been to quite a few comic conventions I can't help myself uh so 
he was saying that one of the th- there's three things basically that superheroes do and have that are relatable to readers after interviewing a bunch of Comic-Con type uh, attendees. And one of them is shared trauma. So uh, he uses the example of Batman. I was like, yes, okay, Batman has definitely been through some trauma. And as I go through my list of examples of superheroes, you're going to find that every single one of them has a pretty severe trauma that they went through. So yes, okay, I can validate that. I can get on board with that. Another one that he said is uh, choosing altruism. And I think that goes back to wanting Everyone wants there to be this sense of right and wrong and good and evil. And we do see that sometimes in the superhero world that gets complicated. And we see that in real life that gets super complicated. Like take the COVID vaccine, for example. You have people who believe that it is very important and it will protect society. And then you have people who believe that, right, no matter what scientific facts are out there, okay, right? We're talking aside from that. We're talking about opinions, And so there are people who believe that if you take the COVID vaccine, that you will be tracked by the government and you will be um, sterilized, which there's no scientific evidence to back that at all, right? But people believe that things are in one category. And if it's in the bad category, it can't also be in the good category. And a lot of us think that way because it feels good to our brain to have polarizing clear things for us to be able to decide about and so that's one of the things that people really like about superhero stories is there's usually a clear good a clear bad and then the superhero themselves is usually the person who's deciding okay against my own personal welfare i'm gonna do the good thing i'm texting maria because she's like i don't see you live right now but i am live and hi, Maria, if you come on here. Uh, so I really want <laughs> us to understand that, yes, okay, there is shared trauma. There is um, the idea of choosing altruism, and that encourages all of us as a society, right, to act when one person does the right thing. We all get inspired. We want to get behind them and also make those choices ourselves. But, uh, y- you know... <laughs> I don't think that that's why superhero stories are so relatable. I think that it is the quality of otherness that is inside superhero stories. And that is what draws readers. That's what draws fans, crazy fans like me, uh, to indulge in this world. And I'm going to talk about a couple examples here so that you can understand. And remember, the whole premise of this argument is that otherness means that you feel like you're not part of them, right? You're not part of the big collective group. You feel like you're on the outskirts. You feel like, as the Amazon category calls it, you're a loner. I was like, oh my gosh, is that really a category for teen books on Amazon? And yes, it's called, uh, it's under teen fiction and it's loners and outcasts. I am not making this up. It is for real. So that's a real category. And yes, some of my books are in there because this is a theme that I've explored in my own writing and in my own life. And so, you know, I was like, well, if there's a category for it, even though it's sad that there has to be a category, I'm definitely putting my book in there. All right. So the examples that we're going to look at today, I really wanted to branch out a little bit of Marvel because 
I'm a Marvel girl. I love Marvel. Like, if you look behind me in my office, if you're in my office, I have, like, a little Hulk figure uh, with a taco or two tacos because he's eating two giant tacos, right? Um, that's right in front of my copy editing certificate because I love the Hulk. I I mean, I especially love Professor Hulk because he combines those two uh, parts of Bruce Banner and the Hulk, right? The uncontrollable rage gets taken over by Bruce Banner's more logical side while employing the physical strength of the Hulk. So, uh, yeah, as you can tell, I'm like a really big Marvel geek. Marvel also writes Star Wars comics, so can you really blame me? Can you? But I wanted to give more than just uh, Marvel examples, so I'm going to give one DC example. I haven't really read a lot of um, more diverse comics lately. I have the Kamala Harris Ms. Marvel that I want to read. Not Kamala Harris. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Because Kamala is going to be... In the Marvel um, movie, Captain Marvel number two, right? So I want to learn about her. And I also am very interested in reading comics that tend towards more diverse characters. So I haven't read it yet. I have it. I'm going to read it. I promise. But so for today's examples, uh, we're going to start with Black Widow from the Marvel, you know, MCU, Marvel Comic Universe, because I just watched the movie, and uh, I'm not going to give you any major spoilers, promise. I'm just going to, I'll spoil, like, the first five minutes of it. So if you're like, Kristen, don't spoil the first five minutes of it for me. How dare you? Um, Just, like, pause, and then when you see me wave like this, that means the spoiled part is over, and you can go ahead and click and watch there. Or you can... Yeah, I don't know. If you're on the podcast, I don't know what to tell you. Fast forward 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay, so I'll try to do it in 30 seconds. Uh, No, I need a minute. I need a full minute. So try to, like, fast forward a minute, all right? If you don't want to listen. So the thing that we learn about Black Widow's character in the beginning of the story is that uh, she is part of a family that's not real. It's a spy family. And the thing that we learn... Uh, is that she has been put into this um, group that is part of a Russian-type non-government controlling force, and uh, she doesn't really have a family. And that's one of the things that is really endearing about her character and relatable is that she feels lonely. That's why we love her and all the other stuff, right? Like the fact that she has Hawkeye and the fact that she has a best friend and that she's also, you know, romantically attached to uh, Bruce Banner, right? Uh, These ideas help us feel her otherness. We also know, and this is not a spoiler. So I'm done with spoilers. So I'm waving now. I'm done with spoilers, but it's not a spoiler that um, all of the women who've gone into the organization that uh, Black Widow is a part of, Natasha Romanoff, right? Um, she, they, uh, Their reproductive organs are removed. That's something that we know anyone for, who's a fan of the MC universe knows. They do talk about it in Black Widow, the film. Uh, so that was not a spoiler. But that idea of not having the choice of whether to be able to reproduce is something that would also make someone feel like out of control and other and 
yeah, I mean, it's really chilling when they talk about it in the movie. And I've always wondered when they would address that with her character because it's, you know, it's something that's big in the comics. And it's just something that would speak to a lot of women uh, due to all kinds of fertility issues and all these different things that women experience. And so I, it's that feeling of I'm not necessarily feeling like everyone else. I don't feel that I can be part of them because I have these different things that they don't have. And in Natasha's case, one of the big things for her is she doesn't have a family and she cannot create her own family. And so uh, also all the people on my list are orphans. And that's something that I'm really interested in. If you know of an orphan story that is good and you're like Kristen Rita and it's not uh like one of the famous orphan stories like Anne of Green Gables or Jane Eyre I would love to read it so send me an email kns at literarysymmetry.com and tell me what orphan story I should read next because I'm doing a whole thing about that um but the next one that I the next superhero that I want to look at is Superman because you know he's my one DC one but he's also an orphan his parents die and he's sent to earth and he is straight out an alien. So he really encompasses that otherness in that he's from another planet. But the thing that I find really interesting about Superman's character, Clark Kent, right, is his, like, Earth name, uh, is that his superpowers don't necessarily help him in his normal everyday life. They kind of complicate things. And also we don't see that he's this like debonair, charming guy. He feels socially awkward. He has a hard time uh, relating to other people. So he really embodies this otherness uh, literally and figuratively because he's an alien, but also because he doesn't fit into the social norms, even though he's been raised as a human by human parents. He still has a hard time figuring out how to have interpersonal relationships uh, at work, and he has a hard time relating to other superheroes, right? Like, he and Batman do not, they do not get along. Technically, Batman doesn't have superpowers, but he's still a superhero. I love Batman, okay? Don't be like, Kristen, how dare you talk about Batman that way? I love Batman. I dressed up as Batgirl for Comic-Con San Diego 2016, I want to say. Maybe it was 2015. 2015. Okay. So that's another character that has otherness. And the last one that I want to talk about is Miles Morales because I Miles Morales is a version of Spider-Man. He's also from the MCU. And he has, like, loving parents, right? So he's not an orphan. He breaks the orphan rule. But he has a strained relationship with his father, who is part of law enforcement. And he has that kind of nurturing relationship with his mother. But he doesn't feel like he can tell his parents about the spider, about all these different things. He's still isolated from them in a way uh, that causes him to feel a gap between himself and his family as a group. And that's part of the otherness. But the other part of the otherness is that he has, like, no friends. He has the most difficult time meeting people and making friends until a certain point, right? And that's why in um, Sp uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we see that he's connected so well with Gwen Stacy, who also feels like an outcast with her powers. And 
I mean, her story also has trauma in it as well. Uh, Miles Morales' story for trauma, um, he witnessed his... He witnessed actual Spider-Man die, right, in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And then he also witnesses his uncle die. And so, uh, you know, and Superman's whole planet dies. So we do see the theme of shared trauma. And I think that's part of the otherness. Because when you've gone through a trauma, you do feel like there's not many people in the world who will understand you. And it does feel isolating until you find the right support group and you're able to work through all the things that that trauma has done inside of your mind and your body. Because trauma doesn't just affect the way you think. It affects your physical body. Uh, for a good read that's hard but will help you out, you can read The Body Keep Score. That's on my TBR. I have people recommending it to me all the time. I've read the intro. But it's basically um, it's a scientific study of what trauma does inside your physical body. So that's something you're interested in. You can, have a, you can read that book. All right, so we have Miles. So he also has that otherness. Um, he's also biracial, so that could be a sense of otherness. I am, like, dying for Salton Sage's book, um, How to Write Biracial Characters, An Incomplete Guide, to come out. They've said they're working on it. If they listen to this podcast, please, please, we cannot wait for that book. All of us want to read it and be better informed to write biracial characters. Uh, and so I want to say I, I really feel that the powers of superheroes, which is why I think a lot of people are like, I don't like superhero stories, is because they have those supernatural powers. I do not feel like the powers make it so that their lives are super easy. And I think it's quite opposite to where the powers make their normal lives way more complicated and more difficult to deal with, and they don't know who they can trust. And they have these, like, this dichotomy between their real life and their superhero life and it's really hard for them to know how to find a support group for each and can any of the people in those support groups overlap and so that's why I love superhero stories I love the idea of maybe I'm not like everyone else but that's okay and I'm gonna work with what I have and guess what I'm going to make my own support group I'm gonna make my own family and I'm going to do the right thing because I care about others. I feel that superhero stories are really based in empathy and trying to understand how other people think and feel. And that's one of the things that appeals to me about them as well. So if you're thinking, how can I use this to kind of capture my readers? If you're thinking about writing a superhero story or you just want to read a superhero story or watch a superhero story uh, with a little bit more of a cracked open mind, I would say that you need to think about otherness and how it fits into the equation of turning viewers and readers into fans because they experience that. We all experience the feeling of otherness in one way or another. Some definitely more like for the post-colonialism books I read. Whoa, that is crazy. And that is, I, maybe that's why I like Alien Um aliens taking over earth stories so much like alien invasion trope because of that feeling of someone is coming in to where you feel safe and making everything feel unsafe and that's literally what happened in colonialism so that's 
That's a podcast for another day, though. I would love, I'm going to definitely review The Tomorrow War, which is an alien invasion slash time travel story uh, that's on Amazon Prime right now. If you want to prepare for that, you can go on and watch it. Uh, I highly recommend it. I thought it was mostly good. There are a few critiques I have, and we're going to talk about that when I review it. But if you want to write superhero or enjoy superhero stories in a different way, think about how they are other and how that makes you feel when you're interacting with them. Because I truly believe that that is the reason why people are such diehard fans of superhero stories. I think that's it, that shapes a lot of my fan girlness when it has to do with these types of stories. And I just want to remind you, as always, that it is never too late to write the story of your heart. If you'd like to check out other episodes, you can go to expensivewords.com. Or if you're interested in working with me or one of the lovely ed editors at Literary Symmetry, you can go to literarysymmetry.com and check out the different things that we have and set up a coaching call, a free coaching call with me to discuss your next project. All right. That's all I've got for today. May you have a superhero-y Tuesday. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.